Well, good morning. I said good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. <laughs> that was my foghorn leghorn impersonation. <laughs> I am Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, and this is Deeper in the Word, the show where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can get a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible mean how they relate to your life and your experience and how you, yes, you can apply something written so long ago to what you are going through right now. And how's everybody doing out there? We welcome y'all to a brand new episode of Deeper in the Word. Listen, I am so grateful for everybody all around the world that tunes into this podcast even though we don't do it as frequently as we used to. That shows y'all dedication to it and y'all commitment to it. And that just warms my heart in a way that you will never believe. So thank you. If you listen to this show at all, thank you so very much. We are so grateful for all the people in all the 14, yes, 14 different countries around the world that listen to this show, we are just humbled and honored that you tune in to hear us talk about the Word of God. And to that end, my friends, I said last year that we were going to be scaling back this podcast because we were doing so many other things that we didn't want to saturate y'all, inundate y'all with all things benevolent. But let me tell you something. Your faithfulness to this podcast, which is our flagship flagship platform for Benevolent Faith Ministries. I always say, before there was a Tuesday night online service, before there was a Wednesday TV show, Walking the Word, that airs on the Daily Gospel Network every Wednesday, before there was our radio show on BMC Radio, shout out to BMC Radio, before any of that, there was this podcast, Deeper in the Word. It started it all. And because of that, And because of your dedication and commitment to it, and because God continues to grow it despite us showing as much attention to it as we have been, we are committing ourselves to bringing you new episodes more frequently. Not just once a month, not just every six to eight weeks. We're going to try to come at least every other week with a new episode. Why? Because y'all are so dedicated to us. And we could not thank y'all more for your dedication. And so that's what we're going to do, y'all. We're going to keep bringing y'all the word as long as y'all keep showing up. And that's what today is all about. As we speak from a show that we have entitled Never Fear. Never Fear. And you usually hear that phrase, never fear, uttered in the context of, say, I don't know, some hero coming to the rescue like Superman or Spider-Man. But some of you older folks out there may remember that old underdog cartoon. Remember underdog? His catchphrase was, never fear, underdog is here. Actually, I think it was, there's no need to fear, underdog is here. But he said both phrases, if I'm not mistaken. Besides, our show's called Never Fear, for that's, so that's what I'm going to say that he said, okay? <laughs> Roll with me on this, all right? 
But basically, Underdog was saying, hey, look, I'm the superhero in this equation. And because of my presence, you no longer have any reason to be afraid. Get your Aaron Hall on. Don't be afraid. Don't, you don't have any reason to be afraid because I'm going to take care of things for you. So that's kind of the context within which we're going to be examining this phrase, y'all, because our topic of discussion for this episode relates to our fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. And all of our scripture passages that's going to be guiding our conversation today stem out of the book of Proverbs. So get your Bible out and turn to the book of Proverbs, whatever your favorite version is. Get ready to read along with us. So, what does it mean to fear the Lord exactly? How do we define that? I mean, let's keep it real here. Whenever we think of having fear of something, we associate it with feeling a sense of fright or terror. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we associate fear with really how the dictionary defines fear, which is, quote, a feeling of anxiety and agitation produced by the presence or nearness of danger, evil, pain, etc. You know, I had to read that in my dictionary voice, okay? But that's how the dictionary defines fear. And that's normally how we associate that word. So for many people out there, I mean, y'all listening, this would describe, that dictionary definition would describe the feeling you get when, for example, you see a huge hairy spider, like a tarantula. Now look, that would be me. And I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. I'm not afraid of spiders per se. They just make my skin crawl. Like why you gotta be covered with so much hair and have so many legs? No, I hate spiders. But you get the point. Or people would associate fear, fright, terror, when they got to go to the doctor or when they got to go to the dentist. For some people, the mere mention or even barely hear, even hearing that drill sound, it'll drive them crazy. It'll scare them enough to not go to the dentist. They can hear it on TV and be like, oh, I'm not going to the dentist because they're that afraid of that drill, that noise, and going to the dentist. Or what about the fear or fright or terror associated when you got to walk through a dangerous dangerous area at night by yourself, you ain't got no pepper spray or no weapon. You got to walk from the building where you work to your car. No, I mean, a true story. There's a, a place in Hartford, Connecticut that I said, I didn't work there, but I visited there as part of my job. You know, I'm a, you know, every, every minister, most ministers, if they're not, getting paid, they have to have a job or to make a living. Even Paul was a tent maker, okay? So by profession, I'm a paralegal. I work in the legal field. So this is back when I was working in, you know, earlier in the legal field. And this building in Hartford, the people had to catch a shuttle from the building to the parking lot. And the parking lot was dark and in a separate area away from the building that wasn't a safe area. And it, you can get really scared going to your car by yourself. So that's what I'm talking about. 
So let's get that clear from the start here, y'all. Having a fear of the Lord does not mean that you're afraid of God. Besides, that don't even make sense. God invites us, I should say, into a loving relationship with him. So he's not going to do that if he knows that we're scared of him. I mean, come on. Having a fear of the Lord ain't like, it's not like shrieking in terror at the mere thought of God. You know, it's not like having an encounter with, say, Freddy Krueger. Or if you run into a velociraptor, you know, the velociraptors from Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's not like that. Because those are things that would definitely scare you or put you in a state of fear or terror. Would we agree with that? Now, that being said, however, I got to be quite honest here with y'all. When you read about how God manifested himself to the Israelites, to the Israelites, at Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus, chapter 19, verses 16 to 18. I encourage y'all to go read that. When you read that, it does seem like it'd be pretty scary to come into God's presence. Look at that text. On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. Now, don't even lie to yourself. There ain't a person alive who wouldn't be shook or scared silly if that happened today. You heard that loud blast and saw that fire? (laughs) You'd be afraid. Don't even lie. And when it happened to the Israelites back then, Moses had warned them to, quote, get ready for the third day, which we see in Exodus 19, verse 15. And they still ended up being terrified. He warned them, it ain't going to be pretty. And it still was uglier than they could have ever imagined. Look at how the writer of Hebrews describes that incident in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. That's scary. So yeah, let that be a lesson for anybody out there who thinks they're ready to quote unquote speak to God. No, you're not. Plain and simple. All right. God is not the one that you want to be talking to when he speaks like that. Because you're going to be like, you're going to be too afraid, okay? But again, my friends, that's not the type of fear that we're talking about here. That's not the sense in which the phrase fear of the Lord is used throughout the book of Proverbs. No, 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 no. Instead, when Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord, it's referring to our reverence and our awe and our great esteem for God. It means that we're supposed to have a deep admiration and respect for the Lord. That literally, we're supposed to be amazed and humbled by his presence. My friends, you want to know the secret to gaining wisdom and knowledge in this life? Well, it starts with having that fear of the Lord. And really, you don't hear a lot of preachers talking about this subject these days. Because, no, they're too busy trying to tell you instead how God wants to bless you financially. Or they're too busy instead trying to make you feel good with their sermons 
instead of making you feel convicted by the word of God. Listen, don't get me started on that topic. Seriously, okay? That's a whole other show, all right? But just because most preachers don't talk about this subject doesn't mean that it's not still a vital aspect to living a faith-based life. But you can't do it if you don't know what it's all about. See, we need to understand how important this topic is to God. So important, in fact, that the book of Proverbs mentions it approximately 18 times. And the Bible as a whole mentions it about 27 times. Therefore, if the word of God places so much emphasis on fearing the Lord, then we should consider it equally as important. And we need to commit ourselves to knowing what it means and how we can go about doing it. The Lord wants you and me to grow in our relationship with him and in our knowledge of him. And the way knowledge begins is with the fear of the Lord. So when we truly fear the Lord, we'll recognize that he's the creator and we're the creatures. He's the master, we're the servants. He's the father, we're the children. He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. I'm just kidding. You know, the Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince album, but y'all get the point. And God will know that we have this level of awe and respect for him because our attitudes will reflect it. We'll want to obey what his word says and we'll want to do what he tells us to do. You know, maybe the best way to give an example of this type of fear is by comparing it to that which a child has for his or her parents. Think about it. If the right kind of fear is present, the child knows that their parents can hurt them if there's disobedience. In other words, you disobey disobey your mama or your daddy, you get your butt whooped. Or you get put on punishment for a long time. You know, I think I've told this story before, but one time I disobeyed my dad in a really, really bad way. I'm not even gonna say what it was. And he punished me for an entire year. Like literally, I couldn't even go outside for a year unless I was going to school. And even then I had to be home from school within a certain amount of time or I'd be put on punishment longer. Yo, it's a sad state of affairs when you wanna go to school because that's the only time you get to interact with people, okay? But that was it, that was me. Now, what overrides that fear in the child is the knowledge that the parent does not want to hurt the child. The parent doesn't really want to punish the child. So the child obeys out of respect for the position and authority of that parent. That's the idea, y'all. The fear of the Lord is a deep-seated reverence for God that causes men and women to want to please him at all costs. Remember that genuine fear of the Lord is always seen in obedience to the word of God. Look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Essentially, people who do not walk in line with God's word do not fear the Lord. Regardless of what their mouths say, regardless of what they profess with their lips, you know, people are real good at giving lip service. They're real good at running mouthpiece, as a friend of mine used to say. 
But running mouthpiece ain't fooling the Lord, y'all. Therefore, what this means is that when we truly fear the Lord, there will be an element of dread at the very thought of what God's wrath can do if you don't listen to him. But at the same time, there's going to be that aforementioned respect for him and for his will, such that nothing else matters but doing anything and everything that pleases him. For example, go back to the analogy we used earlier about parents and children. You know, for many adults, as we've gotten older, our fear of our parents' wrath has diminished. Like, your fear of getting punished by your parents when you were 14 or 15 years old is nowhere near nowhere near the same as when you're 35 or 40 years old, right? Similarly, our lack of fear of God's wrath somehow gets that same type of treatment. Think about it. Back then, when we were kids, we were fearful of the repercussions we would suffer from our earthly parents. But somehow today, we fail to have a fear of the repercussions that come from our heavenly parent. And truly, there are many people today who do not hold God in such reverence, who completely disregard his word, and as such, they show that they never fear the Lord. Get it? You see where our show title comes from? (laughs) Oh, it killed me with the titles. But seriously, just think about it. It's no secret that people these days act in ways and demonstrate that they clearly aren't fearful of how God will judge them for those actions. In fact, it's just the opposite. The very things that God hates that he said in his word he will judge people for are the very things that people celebrate doing that they most frequently engage in. The the Bible says that. It says men will call good evil and evil good. That's what's going on. Look, it ain't a secret that sinful and corrupt sensibilities saturate every area and aspect of our lives today. Every TV show that you see, every movie that comes on is filled with depictions of violence and death and sex. And these images flood our homes and our minds, and they bombard us with notions of hostility and cruelty, and they make a complete mockery of morality and decency. And right now, somebody out there I know is like, okay, here he go. He's on his high horse. He's on his soapbox. But whether you like it or not, you can't deny the truth, man. Lisa Stansfield told you, you can't deny it, baby. You can't deny it. Even our speech is filled with the type of negativity and blaspheming that show a complete lack of respect for who God is and the authority he truly holds over all of our lives. Man, people be cussing up a storm on everything now. They be cussing on regular TV now. And people stay making fun of the idea of God in the Bible and failing to put some respect on God's name, put some respect on his name. People don't do that. I think we all have to admit that we're living in, as Philippians chapter two, verse 15 puts it, a quote, perverse and crooked generation. Remember, I just said that as kids, we didn't do certain things because we were afraid of how our parents would whoop our behinds or otherwise punish us if we did them. So, for example, if you broke curfew, if you talked slick or gave your parents back talk, 
You'd catch their wrath and you knew it. So you didn't do it. Well, it's supposed to be the same premise with God. But when you look at how human beings act in the world today, it becomes abundantly and painfully clear that people are not fearful of God, nor do they respect him. I mean, either that or they simply don't believe his word to be true when it says that one day we're all going to be judged for our sinful behavior. People must not believe that because if they did, then they would not so blatantly and outwardly do things that he specifically told us not to do. Friends, there's no denying that truth. And there's a really famous quote which makes this clear. And it says, when you fear God, you fear nothing else. But if you do not fear God, then you fear everything else. So which one of those are you, my friends? Would you describe your life as one lived in the fear of God? Does the dread of his wrath prompt you to want to live a holy, righteous life? Does respect for him and for his will propel you towards obedience and godliness? Or are you just stuck in doing it your own way? Because if not, and you are stuck in doing it your own way, then yeah, you're one of those people who never fear the Lord. Like, don't do that, okay? Now, having laid out a pretty decent definition of what it means to fear the Lord, coming up in our next segment, we want to examine some of the benefits to us when we fear the Lord. In other words, we're going to explore how having a healthy fear of the Lord can actually enhance and improve your life. And we're going to use the text of the book of Proverbs to prove it. So, come back and find out how we can make that happen after we come back from the break, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is Rev Rob, and I'm inviting you to join us live for our weekly online services every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific. All you have to do is log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church, and it'll take you directly to the live worship session. Now, if you get there a bit early before service is started, stay and enjoy the fellowship with us and others through the chat system. You can even participate live and chat with our hosts during and throughout the service as well as take notes and follow along in the Bible section we have available. And you can request prayer or even join Benevolent Faith Ministries itself. Remember, you can log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we can't wait for you to worship with us. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Listen, as a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, and now on Amazon Music. Woo, we all over the place, baby. We praise God for our platforms, our digital platforms that broadcast our show. Also, Y'all please email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org to send us your questions and comments for the show. How are we going to know what y'all want to talk about if y'all don't tell us what you want to talk about? Y'all don't want to hear what I want to talk about all the time. Amen. And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 
6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church. You can create a screen nickname and you can chat along with us during the service. Also, I mentioned it before. Y'all make sure y'all check out our TV show, Walk in the Word with Benevolent Faith Ministries. It airs every Wednesday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Central, 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time on the Daily Gospel Network. And you can find it at www.dailygospelnetwork.tv. And if you can't watch it there, know that it's streaming on platforms everywhere, including Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. So you can watch it online at the dailygospelnetwork.tv, watch it on those streaming platforms I just said, or, hey man, just go to our Facebook page and watch it there, because we always air it, or we always post a link to it on the Facebook page after it airs on the Daily Gospel Network. Hey Ben? Hey, also, please make sure y'all go check us out on BMC Radio, our friends, BMC Radio. In fact, you need to be listening to BMC Radio anyway, right now. They're based out of Wales in the United Kingdom, and they promote a wide variety of gospel, dance mix, and old school music to go along with a healthy mix of faith-based messages and talk shows geared towards strengthening your daily walk with Christ. And if you miss the live episodes, because it's live radio, but if you miss certain episodes, certain shows, you can still catch all the biggest shows on BMC Radio, including our own two shows, Benevolent Faith's own two shows, The Inner Circle and The Road to Emmaus, and coming soon, for better or for worse, our marriage show with my beautiful wife, Marquita, uh, uh, Marquita Robinson. You can catch all of those, as well as the show One Life, One Live, One Live, with our sister in Christ, Miss Cece Eccles. You can catch all those shows by listening to them on the BMC On Demand page. That's right, they got an on-demand page to where if you miss stuff, just go there and you'll hear it there. So just go to www.bmc-radio.co.uk and click on the menu for more information, amen? But today, y'all, today's show is entitled Never Fear. And we're talking about the concept of having a fear of the Lord. We ain't talking about being afraid of God, but rather holding God in such a deep reverence that it compels you to do anything and everything he wants for your life. And in our last segment, we delved into precisely what the definition of the fear of the Lord means. Next, having laid that foundation for what it is, we want to examine the benefits of having a healthy fear of the Lord. Because according to the Bible, and particularly according to the book of Proverbs, remember I told you how to open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. That's where we're going to be today. According to Proverbs, the fear of the Lord will produce certain benefits in your life and mine. That is, when we fear the Lord, we'll find certain things to be true. So for starters, look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Proverbs 1, 7. It says, and I'm reading this from the New Living Translation version, okay? It says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So according to that text, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what, quote, the foundation of true knowledge means. 
And many translations actually say the beginning of wisdom instead. So they actually say that. But that's not the only place where we discover that truth. Look also at Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, which says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33, which says, Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Saints of God, the best place to begin the search for true wisdom is in the fear of the Lord. Why? Because true fear of the Lord is born out of a knowledge of how infinitely powerful, majestic, and full of goodness God really is. So before you can grow in the Lord, you first got to learn to fear him. Okay? So we've seen that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Here's something else that it does, and that's that it motivates people to holiness. The fear of the Lord motivates people to holiness. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Proverbs 3, 7. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Also, look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. Proverbs 16, 6. Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. Friends, these verses tell us that the fear of the Lord promotes holy living. The person who truly reverences and respects the Lord as they should will not do anything that brings disgrace, dishonor, or pain to the heart of the Lord. I mean, y'all do know that you're constantly sinning and disobedience can break God's heart, right? Y'all know that that's true, right? But people who genuinely fear the Lord will flee from evil. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So flee from him first and he'll flee from you because the prospect of causing the Lord pain will be too great for you to bear. You don't want to break God's heart, so you're not going to do wrong. Make sense? When you have reverence for God, you don't want to disappoint him, right? A kid who reverences their parents won't be rebellious against their parents because they know that's not what their parents want. And as a result, they know that they'll disappoint their parents if they do that. And they don't want to disappoint their parents. It's the same premise with God. You don't want to disappoint God. Why you want to let God down? That doesn't even make sense. You know, Job is a great example of what the fear of the Lord will produce in your life. Look at the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 8. I know I said we'd be in Proverbs, but we we, we can use other, other passages, okay? The Bible's a big book, all right? Look at Job, chapter 1, verse 8. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. God was like, yo, Job is my guy. And because he has a reverence for me, he don't be out here sitting and doing wrong stuff. That's what it produces. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and it motivates people to holiness. You know what else it does? It prolongs life. It prolongs your life. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. 
Fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Whew. Now look, don't get this passage of text twisted, okay? This isn't a blank check for us to live our lives recklessly so long as we fear the Lord. Well, Lord, you said that as long as I have fear for you, I'll live a long life. So I have a respect for you, but I'm gonna keep doing my thug this or doing whatever I wanna do. No, no, no. In other words, Proverbs 10, verse 27, what we just read, it's not a blanket promise of long life. Because the reality is any number of things can happen to us along the road of life that can take us out of here in an instant, just like that. However, generally speaking, people who live in the fear of the Lord are more likely to live to a good ripe old age than those who live for the flesh and for the world. In other words, none of us are promised tomorrow. But those who obey and revere God are more likely to see tomorrow than those who don't. Look, this ain't conjecture here. I'm not making this up. This is actually backed up by science. Scientific research tells us that approximately 60% of all human illnesses can be traced directly or indirectly to fear, sorrow, envy, resentment, guilt, hatred, or any number of emotional stresses. Now, add to that the awful pain that's caused by alcohol, like cirrhosis of the liver, tobacco, people get emphysema and cancer and heart disease, and immorality, meaning that you sleep around because you're nasty. You can get venereal diseases or AIDS. Add all of that to what we said before about 60% of the illnesses can be traced directly to fear and sorrow and envy and all that stuff. You can start to see that a life lived in the fear of the Lord with obedience to his word will result in a much healthier existence. Make sense? Here's another benefit of having the fear of the Lord. And that's that it produces a sense of security. It produces a sense of security. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. Those who fear the Lord are secure. He will be a refuge for their children. Man, that that says their children. So he'll be a refuge for us and our kids. As long as we teach our kids to fear the Lord, it'll keep continuing on. If they teach their kids, it'll keep continuing on. Friends, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, We can have confidence that God is on our side. And if the Lord is for you, who's going to stand against you? I don't care if you got a million bullies. If it's you and God, guess who's going to win? You and God. Notice what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? You know what he's saying? He's saying that the person who's walking in the fear of the Lord and is living their lives according to what the Bible says will have fewer feelings of insecurity, abandonment, and fear. What you afraid of? God is with you. You got the ultimate bodyguard at your back. And people like that will experience far fewer times in their lives 
when their salvation is doubted because the fear of the Lord produces a strong sense of security and close fellowship with the Father. And that, beloved saints, is a blessed benefit. Y'all want another benefit of possessing the fear of the Lord? Because as you can start to see, there's a lot of them. How about the fact that the fear of the Lord produces life? It produces life. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 27. Proverbs 14, 27. Fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. When we walk in the fear of the Lord, we are stronger spiritually than we could be otherwise. The fear of the Lord is like a fountain. That's what the text tells us, life-giving fountain. It's like a fountain that continually springs up with spiritual vitality and strength. Yo, for anybody that's ever been to Las Vegas, you ever seen those spurting fountains they have in Vegas in front of the Bellagio Hotel and Casino? You know, they continuously dance around in different formations and different patterns. Sometimes they're set to music. And at night, when the lights shine on them, it makes them even more spectacular to view. Saints of God, when you fear the Lord, your life is like those fountains. Your very spirit dances around with a consistent energy and liveliness. And the vigor and the strength with which you live is a true sight for everybody to behold, just like the people watching those fountains. All of this enables the follower of Christ to walk cleaner and closer with God and therefore to avoid the temptations and the traps of the devil. Here's something else the fear of the Lord does. Another benefit. It makes all of life better. It makes all of life better. Proverbs 15, 16 puts it this way. Better to have little with fear of the Lord than to have great treasure and, and inner turmoil. Excuse me, inner turmoil. You know what that verse is saying? It's saying that it's better to have limited resources and be in the will of God than it is to have plenty and the trouble that comes along with having plenty. Because when you got plenty, a lot of that is worldly. You don't want the world. You want the Lord. Okay. He told us to be in the world, but not of it. That's what you want. And the bottom line here is this. When you're in the Lord's will and when you're walking in his fear, then your care is his responsibility. Look at how Matthew, look at how Jesus puts it in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. That's Jesus telling y'all that, y'all. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Understand, y'all, the life that's filled with things and riches is a trouble-filled life. Hey, Biggie Smalls didn't already told y'all. 
More money, more problems. He wasn't lying. Meanwhile, the life that's lived in faith and in the fear of God is literally carefree. La, 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 la. That's you when you have a fear of the Lord. You can literally skip around happily. Let's look at another benefit of having the fear of the Lord. And that's that it produces satisfaction and safety. And you know, at this point, I didn't lost count of how many benefits we didn't just name. Go back and count them yourself, but it's a lot of them. And this one is that it produces satisfaction and safety. You can see that in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. Look at Proverbs 19, 23. Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. The person who lives in the fear of God will be a satisfied person. People like that will have one goal in life, and that's to please the Lord, and it'll be met. So they'll have all their needs met, and they'll be happy because they're being obedient. They're revering God the way they should, and God's going to give them everything. We just saw that in Philippians and in Matthew 6, 31 and 32, or 31 and 33. When we think that we've got to have other stuff, a bunch of stuff to make us happy. When we think stuff makes us happy, guess what? We'll never actually be happy. Stuff can't make you happy, y'all. That's why money can't make you happy. Money can't buy happiness. When we learn to be satisfied with the Lord and with the privilege of walking in his fear, we'll be permanently satisfied and nothing else will matter except God smiling down on us and we'll see that happening in our lives. Now notice this verse says that this kind of person will not be visited with evil or harm. The person who walks in the genuine fear of the Lord doesn't ever need to fear going to hell. They don't ever need to fear many of the things that the world is trying to throw at us right now. They're not afraid of that stuff. They shouldn't be. Here's the last benefit, y'all, of fearing the Lord. And that's that it brings great blessings. It brings great blessings. You see this in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. Look at that. Proverbs 22, 4. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Now, that's pretty plain and simple, ain't it? Whenever a person chooses to walk in the fear of the Lord, oh, they can rest assured that that decision will bring great blessings into their life. There's going to be spiritual riches beyond belief, like peace, joy, hope, security, the promises of God, the presence of God, etc. Sometimes riches ain't just money, y'all. Sometimes having peace and joy that's a lot better than having a whole bunch of money because it's people with a whole bunch of money that don't have peace and joy. They end up killing themselves. They thought the money would make it happy, but it doesn't. So there's going to be spiritual riches beyond belief and there will be honor from the Lord and there will be abundant life. Remember, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And in other versions, it says, I have come that they would have life and have it more abundantly. Saying to God, the fear of the Lord produces the greatest possible life that any person could ever live. There is simply no better life on this earth than a life that is lived in the will of God. Amen. Now, 
Coming up in our last segment, we want to examine something that each of us must do personally in order to affect the fear of the Lord in our lives. And here's a hint. It comes down to making the right assessments. Y'all like, huh? What does that mean? Well, come back and find out what that means after we return from the break, y'all. What's up, y'all? It's your man's Rev Rob, and I'm asking you to please go download that Benevolent Faith Ministries mobile app that is available in Apple and Android stores everywhere. Yes, you can now take us with you wherever you go. You can download it right to your phone, tablet, laptop, or other mobile device. And the app features all of our ministries. You can watch our on our Tuesday night online services there. You can watch our TV show, Walk in the Word, that airs on the Daily Gospel Network every week. You can peruse our video library and watch all of our past videos, including prior online services and Bible studies, and a lot more. You can also request prayer through the app, access our social media pages, and you can give to our giving partnerships through the app. What's best is you can also access our television channel, Benevolent Faith Television or BFTV, which is available on Apple TV, Roku TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Or you can just watch it right through the app. And you can sign up for notifications from Benevolent Faith by going to the settings tab in the app and under notifications, sliding the button to the on mode so that you can get alerts from us, which will pop up on your phone anytime we have new developments. And trust me, we will not spam your phone with notifications. Oh, I can't stand when apps do that. Listen, this is a game changer for us as we seek to truly embody what it means to be a global virtual church. And we're thrilled to be able to share this with you. Download the Benevolent Faith Ministries app today. Hey friends, Benevolent Faith Ministries is excited to have partnered with Open Doors USA to launch our Season of Prayer Campaign 2022, where we will be focusing all of our efforts on praying for persecuted Christians all around the world, including our fellow saints and our sister churches all over the globe. We originally planned to do this for a month, but the need is so great that we've decided to expand the campaign to run throughout the remainder of 2022. Open, tw- Open Doors recently released their 2022 World Watch List, which highlights the suffering of Christians in countries where persecution for your faith is still a sobering reality. One of our sister churches just so happens to be in a country that's on that list. Saints of God, it wasn't Jesus's intent for the body of Christ to be confined to just one building in one city. It's all of us all around the world united under one banner in Christ and praying with and for each other. Please go download the free Open Doors USA app from the Apple or Android store and pray along with us. You can download the free app by going to odusa.org backslash prayer app. That's odusa.org backslash prayer app. Listen, we're not asking you for money. We're asking you for prayer. 
We're asking you to care about your fellow saints around the world who share the same love for Christ as you do, but who don't share the freedoms to worship him like you do. Be a part of our year-long season of prayer campaign by simply downloading the app and then praying along with us each week. And for more information, go to benevolentfaithministries.org and click on the Season of Prayer menu option. God bless. What's going on, man? <laughs> Welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Listen, don't forget, y'all can follow us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and in that search box, put at Benevolent Faith Ministries and like our page to support us. Please, we appreciate it. And make sure today you go download our mobile app that's available in the Apple and Android stores. You can find all of our ministries in that app, including links to this podcast, links to our online service, links to our Wednesday afternoon TV show, links to our radio shows on BMC Radio, links to BMC Radio in general, and much, much more. You can request prayer. You can donate to our giving partnerships, all that good stuff. Download that app today, please. And please make sure y'all go download that Open Doors USA app today as well, which you can also find in the Apple and Android store, uh, Apple and Android stores, excuse me. Listen, it is so important that we pray for our persecuted saints all around the world. I've had this app for about four months now, and every day I get heartbreaking alerts from around the world of Christians who are being absolutely put through the ringer by their own governments. People who are being ostracized and killed and beaten up and kicked out of the family by their own families because they refuse to follow the religion that the country follows. They want to follow the Lord, so they get beat up for it. They get kicked out of the family for it. It's some heartbreaking stories, y'all. And we got to pray for these people. And as I always say, and as I say in that commercial, they have the same, they worship the same Christ that we do, but they don't have the freedoms to worship him as we do. Imagine you in the church praising and worshiping and the police kick in the door and just start killing everybody, start shooting everybody. And the government lets them. Y'all, that's really going on right now around the world. We got to pray for these folks. So please go download that Open Doors USA app today so you can pray along daily with us and with our fellow persecuted saints all around the world. Remember, we are the Global Church Body Alliance. We ain't just about being in one building. We're about believers all over the world. Think of it like this. Think of the world, a picture of the globe with a church steeple on it. That's the global church body. That's everybody around the world under one body. Imagine everybody who calls themselves a follower of Christ going to the same building. Now you're gonna have like a billion people in one building, but that's the global church body. That's why we need to be praying for everybody, amen? So y'all make sure y'all go download that app. But today, today my friends, our show has been called Never Fear. And we've been discussing what it means to have the fear of the Lord and what the benefits are from having the fear of the Lord. So in our last segment, we wanna examine how having a fear of the Lord actually comes down to your personal decision to do so. 
Black sheep already told y'all. The choice is yours. You can get with this. Or you can get with that. Trust me, you don't want to get with that. Because that is no good for you. And to put it very simply, walking in the fear of the Lord is going to have to be your individual decision. Can't nobody make you do it. And can't nobody do it for you. The decision to live a life that is ordered around a holy, reverential respect for God is a decision that you must make yourself. Nobody can force you to do that. Listen, y'all. The only thing that I, as a pastor, as a minister, as a preacher, as a reverend, or any other person in my position could ever tell you is that deciding to walk in the fear of the Lord will produce a better life down here on earth. And it will result in a life greatly blessed by the Lord. A decision to live outside the fear of the Lord, that is living as you please and living for yourself, doing whatever you want, that won't bring the blessings of God, y'all. But it will bring his judgment to bear upon your life. If you're saved, you'll never be able to get away with sin. Period. Look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. That's God talking. He's saying, watch what you do, because I'm going to get you. Don't let God get you, okay? Because he don't want to have to do it, but he will. Ask the Israelites. Furthermore, when you live a life in the fear of the Lord, your life will tell on you. Your life will tell on you. Y'all like, what you mean, Rev? Well, if you fear him, then you'll want to honor him in everything. That means that he'll come first in your life and his will for your life will be paramount to you. Because it's easy to see people who walk in the fear of the Lord. It's all in what they do and how they act. They make his house a priority, the church, the church body. You know, things like downloading the Open Doors Church app and praying for persecuted saints. People are like, well, we don't know them. We're going through it in our own country. That don't make a difference. What makes a difference is that they're believers like you are. So you make that a priority because he wants you to, okay? Prayer and his scriptures are the priorities. You want to pray for people like the persecuted saints around the world. And you want to read the word of God and make it a priority to do so. When you wake up in the morning, you jump on your phone, where you go? Facebook, Instagram. Before you do that, read some word. Even if it's just a verse or two, it'll set your day off properly because you made it a priority and that pleases him. It's all about what you do and how you act. Everything God says in his word will take priority and precedence over your personal will and desires. So the things that you want to do, you won't do because his word tells you not to do. And because you respect him and fear him, you'll do it his way and not your own way. Basically, the Lord's way becomes the only way. And by the same token, somebody who lives their lives outside the fear of God, they're easy to spot and pick out as well because the things of God will be secondary to them and other matters will be consistently placed ahead of the Lord 
and his will and his work, their money, their popularity, their power. They'll put all of that before God and you'll see it. And that's the kind of living that's usually filled with trouble and with trials and tribulations because there's more heartache and disaster in a life lived outside the fear of the Lord than there is in one lived inside the fear of the Lord. Friends, this is not the way God intended the life of a follower of Christ to be lived. And so, after all this we've covered, y'all, do you understand the fear of the Lord any better? If you know that you're not walking in the fear of the Lord as you should, then please seek the counsel that we've been given in scripture. We just read all those Proverbs verses and a whole bunch of other verses. Seek that counsel, listen to that, and begin to walk in a reverential awe of God and his greatness and his glory. Because that way, nobody will ever be able to accuse you of faulty behavior by exclaiming how you never fear the Lord. Amen? And listen, thanks so much to everybody all over the world that joins us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts and the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, and on Amazon Music. Also, don't forget you can find us on the web at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to log on this and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church to join us. Amen. And we'll catch y'all here next time. Hallelujah.